1: And on round two with me, Sabrina Nanji from Queen's Park Observer, News Talk 1010's Jason Agnew, and and like I say, Dowson, Montreal radio commentator. Uh, good to have all of you. Let's jump right into what uh, Mark Toohey just mentioned, and that is that the integrity commissioner has cleared Doug Ford after questions were raised about developers attending his daughter's Stag and Doe. So, Sabrina, first of all, for people like Mark, what's a Stag and Doe?
0: <laughs> oh, this is, oh this, is, this is the easy part of this whole saga. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a pre-wedding party. Uh, typically, there's like raffles, events, prizes you can win, sometimes, you know, a, a price of entry, and it's really to help the bride and groom raise, raise cash to put on their wedding.
1: Okay, so it's instead of having a stag, which they might do, which is all the guys, or a party with all the women, a bachelorette party, this is just everybody come and party.
0: It's a free for all. And in this case, it seems like some developers were were also in attendance. Uh, And as you mentioned, the integrity commissioner said that it was a okay. uh, But the the story behind this uh, was kind of bonkers, really, you know, it, it kind of worked backwards. So Ford had gotten these questions about the attendance of developers at, uh, his, his, an event for his daughter's wedding. And of course, you know, that could be viewed as undue influence, you know, unregistered lobbying. We've got to wonder what did they talk about? You know, did, uh, the green belt come up that sort of thing. And so Ford, you know, went to the integrity commissioner, uh, had their, their conversations that they, they normally do. It's typically done, you know, behind closed doors. Uh, the integrity commissioner decided that everything was cool. You know these developers just happened to be personal friends of the premier, and he could not find any wrongdoing there. The thing is, is as Global reported, you know a lot of the developers and lobbyists that were in attendance felt a bit icky about it, uh, and so I think that. You know, even though Ford has been cleared by the by the ethics watchdog, this is still bad optics, you know, from all angles. And I don't think, you know, uh, he, he's going to be clear of questions or criticism
1: about it. Well, what do you mean they felt icky about it? Somebody force him to go to a party?
0: Well, essentially what, you know, these these folks who did not give their name um, to to Colin DeMello, our colleague over at Global News, but they said that it, you know, it just didn't feel right and they didn't want to be seen as, um, you know, pay for play, that that type of thing, or, or trying to gain influence by, you know, helping pay for his daughter's wedding. Um, you know, normally you wouldn't turn down the chance to go to the premier's house, uh, as as these folks said, but uh, they, they were worried that it might have crossed a line. Now, of course, you know, uh, the ethics watchdog has said it, it was cool, but you know, for opposition critics, for a lot of folks that are already questioning, you know, were developers tipped off, for example, about the green belt being opened up, uh, which you know the auditor general and the integrity commissioner are investigating separately. This is just kind of uh, another wrench in the the whole mess that this has become for the Ford government.
1: Well, I am. I think it's also a, a problem for the individuals involved, regardless of what political parties we're talking about. We're- Movers and shakers know movers and shakers, you know, like they, to think, for instance, that John Tory wouldn't know a whole bunch of really influential people, including developers, or that Doug Ford wouldn't. I mean, that just that just is. Look,
2: it, is it is. Yeah, it's hard to prove. But it also is a really bad look for the Ford government, especially with regard to the Greenbelt. And in general, right, the Ford family is very well connected to the business elite, as is the mayor of Toronto, John Tory. And that leaves a lot of people who aren't well-connected feeling like the decisions are being made by big money people with their own interests in mind. Like they don't care about the rest of us, the vast majority of us, let's say the 99%. So the Ford government and the Tory administration need to be super careful about this. And, you know, it's touching to think that the developers thought it was an icky look. Maybe they should just say, I'm sorry, we're just going to have to give this a pass. Like there needs to be some serious diligence with regards to this because that is really that polarizes people that makes people angry it pushes them into the arms of you know conspiracy theorists and all kinds of crazy nonsense it undermines democracy when it seems like all the decisions are being made by big money people for big money people
1: i can't argue with any of that but jason at the same time it makes me wonder are we looking for politicians then that have never accomplished anything and don't know anybody
3: well, no, I just feel like we're sitting here watching a real life version of Yellowstone or Dallas. I mean, Ford's playing the role of John Dutton here and it's all about the land and he had a big party at the ranch and a whole bunch of developers showed up and it was the, the perfect, could have been the perfect cover while the loud music was playing at the stag and doe. All of a sudden there's whispers around the table and now we have what we have. Who knows what happened?
1: Well, meanwhile, we're hit by people at the other end of the equation. Toronto's Auditor General says city workers wasted a lot of taxpayer money, and uh, this wasn't just, uh, you know, you could have done that little project cheaper. This was actually out-and-out fraud on the part of people working for the city, supposedly working for the city, while, Sabrina, they were um, doing their side hustle and, uh, in one case, actually applying for grants and things that they the, while taking a full city salary i think there's a lot more of this than what they uncovered and not just in toronto in in governments all over the place
0: yeah, I think the one you pointed out, you know, about this employee who kind of fudged, um, you know, applications for municipal subsidies and got, you know, over eighty five thousand uh, dollars wrongfully. So I, I think that was a wild story to me. I also thought it was significant, though, that there's been an increase in this type of fraud. And a part of me actually felt a little bit of sympathy for the employees that were uh, accused of time theft. You know, and you know, one one person had been working a second job at a Landscaping company. Um, another had kind of you know faked their sick days in order to take on a second job, and and I I kind of felt like that is a bit of you know desperation here, and we're all feeling the pinch, you know, these days with with cost of living so high, and of course you know it's not it's I'm not condoning that behavior, but I think that it sort of amounts to you know stealing a loaf of bread to feel your to feed your starving family. It's a bit of a it's not so black and white to me there, and so I, I felt for those employees because we're we're all kind of feeling the pinch right now
1: yeah but they of course doesn't legitimize what they were doing and i don't know that the the incidence of this is up they have a tip line now Anne, and the reporting of it is up
2: yeah there were a thousand reports and in the cases that are outlined in that news story um you know pretty much everybody was penalized or punished or flat out fired. So that part of it seems to be working. The thing is that it's sort of linked to our earlier story about the stag and doe. If there's an atmosphere of kickbacks and cronyism and jobs for the boys at the top, there's going to be a certain amount of trickle down to the bottom of that kind of attitude unless we make sure that there's more attention paid. To keeping the ethics guidelines, you know, in place, and uh, and I, I also agree with Sabrina. I think people are increasingly desperate, and so the little guys at the bottom are going to be scrambling around to try and figure out how to pay their rents or pay their mortgages with mortgage rates going through the roof in Toronto. So it's a, it's a it's a difficult time, and you're going to see people bending the rules at the bottom for sure in this kind of atmosphere
1: well that's why jason i i actually like to see the fact that the city has gone so far as to fire a number of these people because oftentimes what we've seen in government is oops sorry that happened we shan't do it again and nobody takes a penalty
3: Rarely do I agree with you, Jerry, but I'm on board for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't, I don't care about people's six day, sick days. And if they have to work another job, that's unfortunate. But if they manage to go about it that way, I'm okay with that. It's more like a personal day than a six day. But anyone that is using their inner knowledge to work the system and taking government grants that they should not actually be having, that is a fireable offense.
1: So we have more than 90 students stripped of their degrees after a finding that the school wasn't accredited. And I think they mean for this program, school's been around a long time, and they do a lot of different things. But these are students who thought that they were going to be working in the medical community, and uh, everybody knows we really need them. So they go through a two-year program, and are suddenly told, you got nothing. And uh, Sabrina, they're talking about giving them their money back, and, uh, but they can't get their 2 years. Years back. Maybe they can get a chunk of their two years back. Uh, just give them whatever test is required and find out if they actually have the knowledge. And if they do, I think put them to work.
0: Yeah, I'm really surprised at how this went on for so long. You know, it was multiple people. You mentioned a two year program and they were all shocked when it came time, you know, uh, for the exam that, that they were not in an accredited program. I think, you know, the, the onus here is on the regulator and also the ministry too, because, uh, you know, obviously these, these students were not aware of, of the the college not being accredited. And so I think there needs to be a bit more transparency, um, making it a lot clearer of what these people had signed up for. And especially now, we are so desperate for healthcare workers to, to read this story in these times was just absolutely devastating.
1: Uh, will you go with what I said, Anne? Test them, and if they pass the test, they go to work. And if not, uh, what do we need to do to get you up to speed?
0: Exactly. And these
2: are ultrasound technicians, right? So I don't need to tell people who've been in the medical system. These are the ones who check out pregnant women they are the ones who do you know searches for cancerous tissue like this is an important skilled group and i agree i think something's not right when accreditation canada revokes the status all of a sudden that you know so these people shouldn't be punished but i I also think it goes to this larger question we we tell people come to canada you'll have a better life and then we don't recognize their expertise as engineers as doctors as ultrasound technicians as i don't know what like We need to do a lot better job
1: with this accreditation thing overall. Can you do 10 seconds, Jason?
3: I just don't know why this college course is running if it's not accredited. What's the purpose?
1: Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of investigating needed. Thanks to all of you. Have a great weekend. I'm Jerry Agar in for John Moore today.
3: the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at
1: 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.